Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 22nd day of September in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking about the troubling dissatisfaction that's present in American life today. I'll argue that much of it is caused by the economic reality of life in middle-class America and by the indifferent, let-them-eat-cake attitude of America's politicians. Polling data indicate that my theory is valid that the middle class is disappearing because it is being incinerated by the economic reality it faces. For example, the president spoke to the UN General Assembly earlier this week. He told them that he supports delivering the health care of Americans into the hands of the globalists at the UN World Health Organization in the choice between freedom and enslavement. He clearly comes down on the side favoring enslavement. So, Mr. Middle Class sees all this. He doesn't know what to make of it. But he's very suspicious, not suspicious enough to go to the barricades. Not yet, anyway. But a report coming from the Census Bureau this week might help him on his way. Yes, while the president was telling the UN that we just have to persevere in Ukraine, the Census Bureau was telling Mr. Middle Class that he was descending into poverty, as if he didn't already know that. Yes, it seems that the poverty rate increased last year for the first time in 13 years, so the president goes to the UN, or he takes another 10-day vacation, and the working people of America slip further into poverty. That's more than likely going to cause some unease among Americans, even Democrats. I suppose the president's usual answer uh, Trump did it, we'll have to suffice for them, at least for a while. Instead of the usual political claptrap, let's look at some of the things that might really be causing it. Recent polls indicate that something is wrong out there in middle America. Democrats and Republicans alike understand that the problems are eating away at their lives and their standard of living. Whether Democrat or Republican, or whether they are ashamed to be publicly identified with either of those groups, and therefore, they identify themselves as independent. They know something is wrong. They may blame each other as their masters at the heads of the two political parties have trained them to do. But there seems to be a growing unease as business as usual fails to provide answers. The disease is economic. Although it may exhibit many symptoms, it is economic. When James Carville advised Bill Clinton in 1992, quote, it's the economy, stupid, end quote, he was right. And it's still the economy today. A recent poll indicated that 61% say they lack confidence in what has come to be called Bidenomics to manage economic problems. 54% said congressional Republicans gave them more confidence that they could successfully deal with the issues facing the country, while 45% they had more confidence in Biden. So they're confused. That's no accident either. Americans are not happy. Clearly the driver of their unhappiness is the economy. These polls I have been reading can be confusing, but significantly only 37% approve of the way Biden has handled the economy. 70% disapprove of how he has addressed inflation, while 75% say they think economic conditions are poor for them. By a large margin, the economy is far and away the most important issue facing the country, and people in the, in the middle know that economic reality is stacked against them. Freeing the dollar from the restraints that held it, which forced politicians to be at least a little bit accountable for what they did to the rest of us, 
has caused a stagnant economy and declining standard of living and worse result for the middle class than for others. Since Nixon removed the dollar from its links to gold back in 1971, real wages of working Americans have been stagnant or falling. In other words, real wages adjusted for inflation have made little or no progress in 52 years. To break it down even further, the average worker makes many times today what he made in 1971, but in terms of what he can purchase with those dollars, he has made no progress. A new car, for example, now costs many times what it did in 1971, but on the other hand, our worker makes many times what he previously made. Still, his wages have not matched the decline in value, i.e. the purchasing power of the dollar. It takes more hours, more days of his labor for the car to be paid for now than it did in 1971. The increased price of food the family eats, the fuel to get them to work and to school, eat away at family lifestyle, forces them into reliance on credit to make up the difference. In those polls we were just talking about, 71% said they changed what groceries they buy. 70% said they cut back on extras so they could afford necessities. 50% said they canceled their summer vacation this year. I see the devastation of the American family in my law office every day. I'm a lawyer, as you all know, but a great deal of my law practice is devoted to consumer bankruptcy. I see the income of people coming into my office, and I wonder how can they live on that. So no wonder they have so much debt. The answer is they can't live on it. They're not intended to live on it. They are intended and pre-planned to become debt slaves for life. Prices go higher and higher. The politicians argue about who is to blame, whether the price increase even exists or not. For those who insist there's no inflation, though, I would like to invite them to my favorite gas station, which happens to be the cheapest one in my city as well. I buy gas for my wife's car and my car each Sunday. It's a rare day when it's not higher than it was the previous week. Families try to eat, cut corners to drive less, but sooner or later, they must start charging necessities such as fuel and food. The wages they earn reflect the reality of the workplace today and the necessity of survival of their employer as well as them. In other words, it's virtually impossible for a middle class or less American family to make ends meet without credit. So perhaps the politicians should consider the kitchen table of Americans when they start making their campaign plans. They could start by explaining how their refusal to achieve energy independence affects the ability of people to get to work without buying gas on credit, especially now with the BRICS oil alliance reducing production, driving prices higher. How does constantly increasing government spending impact their household bottom lines if the government could just allow American agriculture to be unleashed, food inflation would be greatly reduced. At least everyone could then be fed. The fact that I know and Mr. Middle Class, who is now treading, trending toward lower class, knows these policies are intentional, that contributes to anger and to stress that's being felt across America. The problem is that the politicians are members of the ruling elite. And Mr. Middle America is not a member of the ruling elite. He knows that his country's been stolen from him. He therefore lives in frustration because he can do little besides put up with it. He can't even freely express his dissatisfaction because free expression 
is now stigmatized. His children are taught in public schools that free expression is bad unless it reflects the wishes of the global ruling elite. How are these things possible here in America? If inflation is the culprit for our economic problems, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Census Bureau both tell us that it is. How can these things happen in the greatest country in the world? This is the greatest country, isn't it? The most educated, the smartest, the least corrupt of any country on earth. If inflation is killing our middle class and our politicians are clueless about it, then maybe some or all of those things I just said are not or at least no longer true about America. Maybe we're not the most educated since we banned free expression. Maybe we're not the smartest. Maybe our politicians are just as corrupt, if not more so, than those of any other country. Or perhaps we just need to replace our politicians. I know that Mr. Middle Class is troubled by what he sees and by the vices of debauchery, degeneracy, profligacy, which are and have always been a characteristic of the ruling elite of any society, this one is no different. Breitbart tells us that real household income suffered its biggest drop in 12 years last year. It was 2.3% lower than the previous year. That was the biggest drop since 2010 when it was down 2.6%. Last year, was the fourth worst year for household income since 1985. During the pandemic, the government, i.e. the Fed, pumped trillions of dollars into the economy to help business and workers alike survive the problems created by the government with its lockdowns. The massive infusion of new money, no increase in production, caused rapidly rising prices with no wage growth. We've just seen that not only did production not increase, but the decre it decreased during this period. The money pumped out by the Fed eventually dried up. The only thing workers had left was unpayable debt because the massive inflation caused by the new money remained, but the new money didn't. Families faced higher prices for everything they needed without a corresponding rise in income, so like the government now, $33 trillion underwater. Debt become their only answer. The results of all these economic problems caused by government mismanagement, arrogance, just not caring for the American people, i.e., who cares about their suffering, are a lot more widespread than the collapse of the financial lives of working people might indicate. When COVID shut down travel, especially travel abroad, it exacerbated the economic woes and caused Americans to slip further into their world of unease and despair. That's my theory about the continuing effects of government-imposed lockdowns anyway. The lockdowns put problems which had been simmering on the back burner in the forefront for all to see. The U.S. has been slipping in the world rankings for such things as GDP, education, reading, writing, etc. for 20 years. The lockdowns exacerbated those problems. So where does that leave Mr. Middle Class in this wonderful world of ever-expanding technology with one breakthrough after another, the government he pays taxes to with all its bureaucrats and officials, pay lip service to him because he and millions like him are necessary for them to remain in power. No one in power in the elite class cares about him at all. In fact, they think he's a moron because he and his children have gone through the school system they created. He's lucky. If his daughter knows she's a girl and his son knows he's a boy, he may not be as educated as some of the elite betters, 
he's starting to understand that this whole system he serves is stacked against him. It's rigged so that he is, it is virtually impossible for him to survive, to succeed. The elites talk about democracy a lot, which they usually refer to as our democracy, but he knows it seems a lot more like theirs than his. He's starting to think this democracy thing is just a clever ruse to institutionalize elite power within an elite system which he has absolutely no way whatsoever to crack. He wonders, what if this our democracy thing turned out to be just a safety valve to give people like me the illusion of equality and fairness when it's really just about giving the rabble some voice, though the voice is never heard. Perhaps it's just intended to keep people like me from destroying the whole system of elite control. Finally, folks, Mr. Middle Class is dispirited right now dispirited for good reason. He understands that the values he grew up believing in that he fought for are now just words to pacify and control the masses of people like him. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.